Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. Hey, Mountain Park. So good to be with you once again. What an honor it is every time I get to preach and open the Word of God um, with you. And so thanks for being part of our online campus. Um, this is a crazy, crazy year, but it's a new year. We've walked out of 2020 and we are into 2021. So who knows what God has in store, but I can guarantee you this, we will never forget 2020 and the year that it has been for all of us. We will all remember exactly what we were doing that year and how it affected us. And so, um, but this is a new season. This is a new year and we're walking into a new series. Hearing God's voice. This is a series we're going to jump into this week. I, I do want to encourage you. I know that the host mentioned that we are talking and beginning. We've, we're three days into our reading plan. If you're not in it, I, I encourage you to be a part of it. Um, catch up. It's about 20, 20 minutes of reading a day. And so it's worth catching up, being part of, you know, the church, not just on Sundays, but every day of the, of the year, being together and reading the same scriptures together. It's been great. This is our second year doing that. And so it will be awesome to do it together and to share God's word together. But let's go ahead and jump into week one of hearing God. And what an interesting idea, right? The idea of hearing God's voice. I think it's something that's so elusive to so many of us as followers of Jesus. You know, what job should I take? Uh, should I marry this person? How do I hear the voice of God? It's probably like the number one question I get asked. And it's one of those ones that seems so elusive. And so today, I just simply want to engage in the first conversation on what are we talking about when we talk about hearing the voice of God? Well, I don't know if it's, if you're like me, Growing up, I knew my mom's voice. It was clear as day to me. Uh, and so much so that actually uh, it wasn't even her voice that she needed to speak up in a room. She actually had this snap that was, it, they say that you can hear a lion's roar up to five miles. Well, I'm pretty sure that her snap is louder than that. It must have been like six miles. I'm telling you, I could be clear across the room in a busy room and doing something I shouldn't be doing. And she snaps and I would stop and I look like a prairie dog on, on Hind's leg just waiting like what? What do you want, mom? I still to this day, I can hear a snap and I think, what, what have I done wrong? Does my mom want my attention? Um, but it's interesting, right? We, we often with God's voice, um, we think about it in that way where we're like, man, I wish I could hear God's voice so clearly as that. I wish I could have God's clarity in my life where, oh man, how cool would it be that he could snap his fingers and I could hear it when I'm going to close to something I shouldn't do or if I'm, if I'm tempted and I'm about to step and I hear him snap, how great would that be? But what, how much better would it be if we actually just hear his voice on a regular basis? What would it look like if our life 
could hear God's voice in our workplace. We could stop and pray with that coworker who was going through something and supernaturally we're able just to, to pray with them or, you know, in a grocery store having a similar situation or just having this idea of, of texting somebody because God's laid them on their heart and there's a passage of scripture you want to share with them. Uh, man, I've, I've received those from so many different people in my lives where they come perfectly at perfect the perfect time and it's such a godsend. But can we position ourselves to hear God's voice like that? That's a question I get so often. And, and sometimes we actually think of it more like it's for the spiritual elites or the crazies. Those are the only people who say they hear God's voice. But I believe that it's actually for all of us. We all have the ability to hear God's voice regularly in our lives. And it's as simple as this, that it is a relationship with God. And as you know, see, I knew my mom really well. I knew exactly what I should do and I shouldn't do. And so when the snap happened, I could almost tell you that it was going to happen because I knew I was doing something wrong and I knew what my mom's expectations were. And with a relationship with God, it's so similar that when we know him, then we get to know his voice. See, it's a relationship. As we build our relationship with him, we are actually able to know his voice better. See, and I can't tell you that there's like this specific way that you have to do it, but I can tell you, like any relationship, there are principles that you can build this relationship on. And those principles, according to the word of God, are called spiritual disciplines. And so in this series, Hearing God, we're going to touch on three specific spiritual disciplines. The first is prayer. Prayer is such an important part of our Christian walk. Two is the studying and the reading of God's word. It's his revelation to us. It's, it's how we are transformed into his likeness and even know what he's like. It's his word. And then I have the honor, and I'm actually pretty humbled by it, to be honest. I'm preparing this message, and I felt uh, overwhelmed and unqualified, if I'm completely honest. Um, number three is fasting. You know, fasting is one of those things where it seems like, you know, I know it's biblical, but it's, it's not necessarily something that we talk a lot of in the church. I had to actually think about the last time I had heard a message on fasting, and I had to go back to when I was in Bible college, which crazy is like 15 years ago. It's insane. I, I, I was saying, I haven't heard a, a message on fasting in 15 years. Wow. And then as I studied about fasting, I realized that fasting is something that God has given us so that we actually can draw close to God. And if we're not fasting, it actually can hinder our ability to hear his voice. And he has given it as a gift for us to be able to hear his voice. And so today we're going to go ahead and talk about fasting. But when I, when I thought about going into fasting, I thought, man, where do I even begin? It, it's literally throughout the entire scriptures. It, it talks numbers of times about fasting. And I, so I actually just felt really overwhelmed. But I simplified it and came to this. Fasting is tuning into Jesus by turning off something in your life. 
Fasting is tuning into Jesus by turning off something in your life. So I'm going to talk about three things when it comes to fasting. I could talk about a ton. There's a lot of stories. I'm going to give you some passages on different times of fasting. And I encourage you, as we begin this fast, we are starting 21 days of fasting tomorrow. I invite you to read different passages of scripture about fasting and see the promise that God has given us through this gift of fasting. But I'm going to talk about three specific things when it comes to fasting. The first is this, understanding fasting. What is biblical fasting and how do we understand it? So number one, understanding biblical fasting. Number two, practice the practice of fasting. What is it? And then three, the purpose of fasting. So first, let's go ahead and understand what biblical fasting is. So one pastor said this about fasting. There's nothing magical about fasting. It's just one way of telling God that your priority at that moment is to be alone with him. I love that quote, just that, that simplicity. You know, sometimes we can make it into so many things, but he's saying in that moment, what we're saying is, Jesus, you are my focus. We strip away food and we, we focus solely on Jesus. Um, if we need a, a fuller explanation, I, I got this from Baker's Theological um, in, Encyclopedia. It says this, spiritual fasting entails setting aside activities as well as reducing the intake of food and replacing these activities with the exercise of prayer and the preoccupation with spiritual concerns. The New Testament word, which is translated fasting, literally means one who has not eaten, one who is empty. So interesting that, that we see this theme of fasting throughout the scripture. It's in the Old Testament. I've heard some people say, well, it was, it was an Old Testament practice and it doesn't, that's not actually biblical. It's in the New Testament. We see that in Acts, there's fasting. We know that the church fathers fasted. We've seen it throughout the church history that, that men and women fast and God moves in their lives. Fasting is a key component for us to be near God. And so when we're looking at what fasting is, where better to go than to the words of Jesus? So turn with me now to Matthew 6. Remember, Matthew 6 is in the middle. 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon at the Mount. And Jesus is teaching his first kind of breakout sermon. And people are amazed by his teaching. And in the middle of that, he teaches on prayer in, verse, in chapter 6. And that's where we get the Lord's Prayer. Then right after that, he jumps into teaching on fasting. And here's what he says. These are the words of Jesus. And when you fast, interesting that he says, and when you fast, see, it's not a command. It's very different in, in Christianity. It's not a command that you have to fast. Other religions, to be true followers of that practice, you have to, you have to follow fasting rituals. In Christianity, it's not, it's not mandatory, but it's an invitation. There's, there is an expectation, but it's not, it's not a mandatory. You have to. It's actually this invitation that Jesus gives us that when we do it, here's how we should do it. He says, do not make it obvious as the hypocrites do 
for they try to look miserable and disheveled. So people will admire them for their fasts. I tell you the truth that that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, again, but when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice you are fasting except your father who knows what you are doing in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. What a great promise. Jesus is explaining to us, you don't fast like the hypocrites, like the Pharisees, so that others see you, so that they will know how religious you are and be be amazed by how religious and how um, devout you are. That's not the point of it. The point of fasting is actually so that you will connect with the Father, draw near to him, and the promise, Jesus then gives you a promise. It's not even like you just have to do it, okay, because it's part of our religion. If you don't, you're bad. He actually says there's a reward that the Father will reward you. Praise God. As we go into this fast over 21 days, we're, we're saying, listen, the promise is if I do this with a pure heart, The promise is that God will reward me. So when we understand fasting, we understand this, that it's biblical, it's in the New and the Old Testament, that we have an invitation to do it, not mandatory, but invited to do it. When we're doing it as a church, it's not mandatory. If you want to be part of Mountain Park, you have to do this. The invitation is, hey, do you want to see something great? I love one pastor said this. Can you, are you able to say you cannot have another year like you had last year. I was moved by that because I was thinking, man, I had no idea what I was walking into in 2020. But the truth is, not no year do I know what I'm walking into. So let's begin the year by setting our focus solely on Jesus to say, I'm going to set aside some of these things, food, and I'm going to I'm going to actually focus solely on you, Jesus so that I can know you and actually hear your voice even more in my life. So we see that this is understanding fasting. That's the first step. The second step is this, practice. What is the practice of biblical fasting? What's the example? So here are the examples of biblical fasting. Um, I'm gonna call it traditional fasting, partial fasting, and absolute fast. So those are the three. So traditional, what is a traditional fast? This is how it's defined. This is defined as partaking in no food, but still consuming liquids for a specific time. Now, let me say all of this in regards to fasting. If you have any medical conditions, if you have a a very intensive job, you need medical advice. You don't just do this by yourself. You don't just do this by a whim. You need to make sure that you go to your physician, your doctor, and you get specific guidelines on how this needs to work for you. Use wisdom in this. Don't just do it because everybody else is doing it. You need wisdom in that. So that's my disclaimer to everyone to make sure that you are being responsible when you're doing this. But here's what traditional fasting is. Traditional fasting is not taking food but still partaking in water. We see this throughout scripture. Here's some examples. David fasted for seven days. Elijah and Jesus fasted for 40 days. That's a commitment. I actually lived with a guy my first year of Bible college and he fasted um, in, in, in the first year, he fasted 
two times 40 days. He, he that was, it was intense. It, it really challenged my faith that, uh, that I was watching that. Um, Ezra fasted for three days. Um, they believe it could have been more, but so, they, Specifically, they think it's around three days. And that was purely drinking water, liquid, those kind of things. Um, this is where you'll see people, they, they have broths. Um, they also have smoothies, juices, those kind of things, but no food. That's the traditional fast. The partial fast, this is where you'll hear the term Daniel fast. Um, so Daniel does this twice. He actually um, does it in chapter one. When, when he goes into Babylon, and then he does it again in chapter 10 when he needs to hear from God. He wants a, he has a vision, but he needs to know the clarity of what it is in chapter 10. And they actually, so he's, he takes this 21 days of fasting and he, he only eats, it says, the things from the ground. So, and then, and he eats no meat or drinks no wine. And so uh, that's what he does. Also, partial fast is maybe for you because of medical reasons or your specific job. Um, you decide one meal a day that you're going to just fast lunch or breakfast or dinner. And you're going to take that time and you're going to seek the Lord during that time. Um, absolute fast. Uh, this is intense. Um, so this is no water, no food. You're, you're taking for a specific time, making sure that you, you partake of no food. You're sustained by God alone. Um, and we see this through example. Uh, Moses, 40 days, uh, he is sustained by the presence of God. That's quite a unique situation. Uh, Esther and the Israelites that are connected to her, they do this for three days because of the situation they're in. Um, they're, they're really looking at death. And so she is going to go before the king. But the situation is if, if he doesn't call for her and she walks in f to him without being asked, she can be killed. And so they fast so that she will have favor with the king. Uh, we see Paul. When Paul, uh, when he's on his way and Jesus comes and, and shines the light and he's actually um, meets Jesus for the, the risen Jesus for the very first time, uh, it says that he loses his eyesight, but it says for three days he didn't eat or drink. And so that's, that's another fast. This fast right here, the recommendations, all that I'm reading, obviously medical, um, make sure you get that advice, but also, uh, you shouldn't be trying to do this more than three days. Three days seems to be the, the limit. Uh, and so that's kind of what a biblical absolute fast is. I do want to add one more. Now, this isn't biblical because they, there is no way for them to have, you know, media. So I would call it a media fast. Some there's there's in the Christian world, there's kind of this pull tug of war. Um, and they're they're kind of torn between some will say, no, fast. Biblical fast is only food. Granted, that's 100 percent right. Um, there was no example of a media fast. It didn't exist. Um, the closest you get to it is um King Darius, when Daniel goes to the lion's den, and it says that he wouldn't even accept entertainment. He didn't eat or drink. Um, he was he was fasting. Some say uh, some say he was just you know disheartened by the fact that his close advisor friend was going to die in his mind. And so, anyways, all of that to say that media fasts are an interesting concept. And I would say this. 
I think it's a legitimate fast. Do this with me. Take out your phone. Scroll to where it gives you the breakdown of what you're, you're partaking in when it comes to media. Now, if you're partaking in like 20 minutes of media in your life, maybe that's not an intense fast for you. But I guarantee you, if you talk to anyone who is 40 or younger, especially if you're in your 20s or younger, I talked to one 20-year-old girl and she told me that she was on social media for four hours a day. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. But you can't tell me that that's not a legitimate fast. If somebody takes the time that they are spending on media, you know, two hours, six hours, somewhere in that vicinity, and they say, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take away that that thing, and I'm going to put Jesus into. I'm going to put Jesus into those hours. I have, take a look at it. If yours is like, you know, do the math, and it comes out to like three and a half hours. If you took for 21 days for this fast, if you decided to say, I'm going to have a media fast, and for 21 days, I'm going to spend three and a half hours with Jesus every day, I guarantee you that's a legitimate fast. No, you won't have hunger pangs, but you will have withdrawal. But this is my disclaimer right off the bat. This is not a diet program. Uh, fasting is not a detox. If all you're doing is taking away food, if all you're doing is taking away media, all you're doing is a diet or a detox. What we want to do is this. We want to take away the things of this world, the dependence that we have, and we actually want to place it in Christ. Because again, fasting is tuning into Jesus by turning off something in your life. So if that's media, turning off the voices, all the influences, get rid of the music that you listen to that isn't, that isn't Christ-focused, get rid of the movies you watch. Um, I'm, I'm big on the fact that, that if you're only giving up like Facebook, but you're still using every other one, that, that doesn't count. We then we, all we're doing is just getting rid of one platform. I'm saying if you want to do a, a media fast, I would say do it all. TV, social media, music, and spend all that time in prayer, reading your word, um, worshiping the Lord, in solitude, taking walks and talking to Jesus. Man, when you do that, you will see the transformation in your life. This is not a diet program, because I can promise you this, there are way easier diets than not eating. <laughs> and detox of social media has some benefit, but we're talking about eternal benefit. We're talking about being eternally changed by, a, by spending 21 days stripping back the things of this world and spending it with Jesus. Is it a sacrifice? Yes. But in that sacrifice, Jesus tells us that there is a reward from our heavenly Father. So that is number two, the practice of fasting. There's a, there's a number of great websites that you could check out that have kind of more specifics if you're interested in, you know, how do I do this? So please check those out. The last one is this, the purpose of fasting. Because let's be honest, right? Um, knowing how to do something 
doesn't always make us do it, right? We're all, we're all in the New Year's resolutions. We all know that eating healthy and going to the gym are good ideas, or working out, I don't know about going to the gym, but working out are good ideas right now in this season. But also, I don't do it all the time, and I like ice cream. So there's that, <laughs> right? Like, I remember, I remember to this day, I was, I think I was 14, and this soccer coach I had, uh, Jovan was his name, and he, he actually pulled me aside and said, listen, um, with, with his awesome accent, and he told me that he wanted me to be the captain of the team, and he saw leadership in me, and he saw that I could uh, really lead this team well, but he said, I need something more from you. Um, I need you not to slack. You don't run. You only run in games. You don't run in practice. And he explained to me that he understood that I didn't need to do the extra running, but he said, our team does. And so I need you to lead our, our runs on our off days. And in that moment, I understood running is important for soccer. I got it. But I tell you what, he used to tell us, hey, go run eight, eight laps. And I'd be like, we're doing 12 because he gave me purpose and he explained to me why I was doing it and gave me the vision of what we were doing. And so with fasting, more importantly than how or what we're doing, um, we need to know why. Why would we fast? What? <laughs> it is painful. You know, if you've done a 24-hour fast, if you've missed one meal, if you're like me, you missed one meal and you're like on the ground starving, like... Why would you do it? Here's why you do it. Because Jesus tells us. Let me read it to you again. He says this. He says, Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father, who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. You need to understand, we actually have this amazing promise from Jesus himself that if when we fast, there is a reward, but we have to be careful, right? Because if you're like me, you know, you can have this ability to be like, hmm, is this like a code? And I'm able to like, you know, I have the secret, <laughs> able to decipher the code. There it is. And I'm able to actually know by doing something, I can just, you know, circumvent the process. No, that's not the point. The point of fasting is not like, you know, Jesus is this cosmic um, Santa Claus where, you know, we do something and he has to respond to us in that way. That's not the point of fasting. We're not manipulating him into doing what we're doing. Um, the purpose of fasting is primarily, so there's two points, two purposes. Primarily is this, is for Jesus. The focus is for God himself. We desire God, and so we're pursuing him. That's the purpose. We're not like, oh man, I need this. Because the truth is this. We can see throughout scripture that there is promises, rewards for those who fast. Let, let me explain. Let, let's go through the list. You know, God answers Daniel when he fasts twice. Jesus fasts to prepare for ministry, and he's pretty successful in that ministry. We see Anna has a fulfillment of the promise. We see Ezra fasts because the enemy is coming against him and God answers his prayer. 
We see Saul, uh, Samuel leads the people in a celebration and fast when the, when the Ark of the Covenant comes back to the temple of God. We see that throughout Scripture, there is reward for fasting. But we have to be careful that we're not doing it for the reward, but we're doing it for God himself. So here's how we do this. We understand this. Jesus, when he was fasting and he's tempted by the devil, he, he says these words which remind us of why we fast. He says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And we remember this in John 6, 36. Jesus says this about himself. See, when we, when we starve ourselves of food, when we're fasting, our body has these hunger pangs. They, they are these pains that we feel that our body is yearning for food. And actually, in that moment, we should run to John 6, 36 that says, I am the bread of life. See, what you're really hungering for, yes, is food, but that is only physical. The spirit man is crying out in the same way as you are for food, is crying out for the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. And when we, when we fast, when we strip away all those things, when the food is gone and our body's responding, it's a reminder to us. This is how I should hunger for Jesus. And my prayer is when I feel those, my prayer is, Lord, help me hunger for you like this. See, the problem is when we act like we want a reward first and we don't place God first, we become like the Pharisees that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 6. See, the reward is a promise, yes. But what we really want is to be near him. We really do want, our primary goal in fasting is to know him, to be near him. The secondary thing is this, that there is a promise of a reward. There is a promise of the reward. We can see it throughout scripture that when you fast, there is a reward. Now, don't get me wrong. You don't get to dictate to the Lord what that is. But you can bring it before the Lord, what you're going through. Maybe for you, you need financial breakthrough. Fast. Maybe for you, there's a loved one, uh, maybe a son or a daughter who is away from the Lord. Fast. Maybe for you, there's brokenness. You need breakthrough. Fast. There are countless examples of when people felt called, felt that they needed a breakthrough, and so they fast, and God in his faithfulness answered that call. And so as we begin this 21 days of fasting, I encourage you, join us. Join us in this fast, because if you want to see God move powerfully in your life. If you want to learn to discern the voice of God, prayer and fasting is one of the greatest weapons we have as believers. So I encourage you 
tomorrow, Monday, it's our first day. If it's a traditional fast, if it's a partial fast, if it's a media fast, whatever you feel God calling you to, take the risk and believe that God is faithful and he will show up and he will reward you for seeking after him wholeheartedly. Let me pray with you now. Father God, we are hungry for you. As we begin this new year, we place you on the throne. We submit ourselves to you. And we say that we are so hungry for you that we are willing to lay aside food, media, distraction to invite you to lead us and guide us, Jesus. Be with us. I pray for those who are questioning if they can do this, that they would know that it's not about their own strength, but it's about you guiding and leading them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for being with us today. Please, please consider joining us and the fast tomorrow. I promise you, when you step out in faith, God answers that and he'll do great and mighty things in and through your life. Thanks so much for being with us today. Have a great day. Bye. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church at and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.